0: Hey everyone, this is Siobhan and you're listening to the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for women storytellers. And today, I get the pleasure of talking to Clack and joseph
1: Tell the stories of my people and like change perceptions of my people, because I really feel like film is like, and media and the age we're living now, it's like the, the most important way to impact people and create change. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. You're welcome, how did you go from graduating with a degree in anthropology to working on the production team for the talk show, The View? Cause I thought that was such a um, different like one perspective to the other. So I was really, really interested in how you ended up uh, working on the production team for The View.
1: So basically, I come from a Caribbean household, a Caribbean-American household. So, you know, growing up, coming up with immigrant parents, I kind of had, like, a, a few options. Either be a lawyer, a doctor, or you're a failure at life. So, <laughs> filmmaker was <laughs> never part of the plan. And so when I got to university, I chose political science at first to major in because I was going to go the lawyer route. and. I knew I was interested in other cultures and and policy and wanted, you know, and had a lot of social justice work in mind. So I did poli-sci, but quickly realized that was not what was up. Like, it was not what I liked, (laughs) but I really did love, like, learning about other countries and cultures and people, and I realized that was actually what anthropology was. Studying anthropology, I... Studied a lot of, I did visual anthropology, um, ethnographic filmmaking, which is just, you know, observing, it's like documentary, you know, Mm -hmm. observing different cultures. And I focused a lot on Black identity um, and identity politics and that kind of stuff. And studying anthropology just really was a great primer for getting into media because you just study, you know, culture and you study people and you get to learn how to like interview people. And so I always knew that I like deep down loved film because I did film in high school and was kind of afraid to pursue it for the reasons I mentioned before, my parents. But anthropology really kind of opened up that love for film and and capturing people and stories again. I applied for an internship at The View first in my last year of college. And they loved me and hired me just a month after I graduated. And I was lucky enough to just kind of just jump right in and, and stay in, in television. Even though I was studying anthropology, they knew like, my they, they thought my anthropology background lent to production, which I think it is.
0: Let's go back first to your parents. So, how do your parents feel today about you being a filmmaker? Because it's so funny. I went to a conference this weekend, and uh, it was two ladies. One lady was from, I think she was from Ghana, and another lady was a West Indian. what you just said are exactly the two things they said and i just think it's so funny they were like my parents was like you could be a doctor or a lawyer and that was it so how are your parents now today with you being a filmmaker
1: it definitely took some time <laughs> they support me now um i think well first working at the view because it was such a well-known uh-huh. show like made it more digestible to them, even though they didn't really understand what I was doing. They thought I like wanted to be a broadcast, broadcast journalist. So like, oh, you want to be like Barbara Walters? Okay, like, <laughs> like, Barbara Walters is successful, so that makes like sense. <laughs> you know, they didn't really get it fully. Right. When I was working in production. Um, so when I wanted to actually break out of daytime TV and actually pursue filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, So I actually, so I quit The View. and Once I found out I got into the master's program at USC um, for directing or for filmmaking, I quit The View and traveled making documentaries. um, And that was kind of their first taste to kind of understanding what I wanted to do with my career. And that was just really scary for them um, because I was traveling, you know, I was going to Palestine, I was going to countries in Africa, I was doing a lot of traveling. So that was kind of nerve-wracking for them. And then starting my master's program and really getting into production. um, It was just hard for them to kind of understand what I was doing. Like, how was was I going to make a living being an artist or, like, making films? They didn't really get it. Um, They came out to my master's thesis show last year. And that was kind of the first time I really... Felt like they accepted and like kind of understood like this is what I'm doing and <laughs> you know right. seeing, seeing them at my screening and like introducing them to everybody and like them just I think them just seeing like my film and how it was touching people like really changed them. and like they, they seem to really accept it now and it's been really nice you know still you know you know they wish I had a little bit more money in the bank but <laughs> right. Oh, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they've yeah, they've come a long way over the last like ten years of me trying to pursue this. So I would say it took a lot of time, but. I think once they see, like, how happy I am, you know, once I start sending them, like, cuts of my film, asking their opinion, and, you know, they're getting into it now, (laughs) like, they're they're fully starting to understand, like, what my work is and how happy it makes me and how I can, like, help people through it. And so they've come to accept it because they see, like, the place where I'm coming from, which is a place of, of helping. And impacting the world.
0: Right. So then, okay, you left the view, and we'll go back to the view just to ask another question. But you left the view and you decided to go and basically do documentary film around in different areas. And like even you said, Palestine. So, my question for you is. And I know it sounds crazy, but like, what gave you that like push or that nudge that you knew, like, this is something that I want to step out and do? Because it is one thing to like say, okay, I'm going to go and work at View or even be an intern, but then to step out on your own, what was that deciding factor? And then like, how did you prepare?
1: I think it was a couple of things. Um, I would say the Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown cases really shook me. Um, And my little brother. And I just saw how people were being mobilized and felt like I had this gift to like help share stories and help like, I just had this just passion to reach out and tell the stories of my people and like change perceptions of my people. Cause I really feel like film is like, and media and the age we're living now, it's like the, the most important way to impact people and, and create change. Um, so I think those things happening really push me to want to just drop everything and like do, do film and documentary. And then I think I was just at a point my life I had been at the view for a while but not really like growing in the way that I wanted like I wanted I realized like I wanted to do film and I felt like I was just I just didn't want to get stuck there I yeah it was hard because I've lived in New York my whole life and then moving out traveling and then moving to LA was really was a really hard decision and I my parents didn't think I was going to move, like at all, like up until like the day before, like they didn't think I was getting on the plane. And so it did take, you know, it took courage and support.
0: When you, uh, you know, decided to leave and you decided to really do a documentary, did you, want because I like to give people a realistic uh, view just of what, where people are. Did you have, and not that I'm like trying to check for your coins, but did you have a large savings? Did you have people who were like a part of your crew or was it just you?
1: For my documentary projects, we, fund, we like crowdfunded mm-hmm. or I got funding or I was hired. Um, so I was lucky in that sense. I did not have a lot of, not, a lot of savings. Um, I'm um, you know, still learning how to be an adult and and be responsible with my money, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I was fortunate enough to to be hired or get my you know trips funded or you know we had we did crowdfunding campaigns that funded
0: the projects. Um, okay, yeah. So then, as far as hiring, because I know that's something that women who are listening, no matter what stage you're in. How are you getting hired? Because let's say that I don't have a lot of work to show for, then what are, like, what is your suggestions for those people?
1: So for me, I would say the biggest thing for this industry is networking. Mm -hmm. All of my jobs I've gotten have been through literally like the most random of connections, someone who I met on a set who really vibed with me or took you know notice of my work ethic or something, you know, like, and, and it leads to the next thing. So really this, this business is really about who you know, um, no matter how talented you are, like you have to kind of put yourself out there and be like, you know, a people person. I also do a lot of things for other people and, you know, I have taken jobs, you know, for free, um, and like the next job they put me on, you know, so I would say it's just been a matter of who I know, um, and dedicating your time to projects or people who might, you know, you might find to be lucrative down the road. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of work through just yeah, word of mouth and also like social media. I post a lot of my stuff mm-hmm. um, and I've gotten jobs through yeah like Instagram and Facebook, funny enough. So um, I think it's just really important to put yourself out there. Um, yeah.
0: So do you feel like ever at a point in your journey so far as a filmmaker that you've struggled with putting yourself out there? Because like one of my friends and I, well, I call her my sister friend filmmaker brand we were talking about how like being able to promote yourself that's something that women struggle with is that something that you've ever struggled with as a woman who is a storyteller saying here's my work this is what I've done
1: absolutely I feel well one I'm just like not that good with like posting about myself and things. So I'm trying to get better at that. Um, I can be very like critical of myself and my work. Mm -hmm. And and so being comfortable enough to share things has definitely taken some time. Um, And also just, it's like having that confidence. Mm -hmm. As a filmmaker, I, I honestly didn't, like I never looked at myself as a director, even after years of me, working on stuff and and, and doing documentaries and then moving on to narrative in school because, you know, I went to grad school to kind of, like, hone in on narrative filmmaking and writing. So I never saw myself as a director, though, until, like, probably my second year at school. Um, And I didn't have that confidence as a director because I didn't think I had, like, done that many things. And, like, you know, it's just easy as a woman, especially one of color, especially when you're the only person on set, (laughs) like, to kind of take ownership of that and then you know be proud of that and like flaunt it I also I think it's also maybe a cultural thing like I grew up learning that like, you're not supposed to like you know talk about yourself and you're not supposed to you know flaunt what you had and you're not to, like, even my mom to this day is like don't put this on Facebook don't tell people what you do it you know like you know, it's like this very this culture of like you're you know as a woman you kind of gotta like you know not be showy and not like talk your business and not like try and sell yourself all the time like be humble 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 and so I think it's it's just like in our nature to like not to <laughs> do that
0: Well
1: so, um, yeah it's definitely something I'm still working on but you gotta put yourself out there like there's you know
0: you do <laughs> and it's so funny that you say that because I definitely think it is a culture thing because um I mean I'm african-american and like i feel that way like because that's how you know it was brought up my mom and dad was like especially because you're already trained that just even by the way you dress like you don't want to draw too much attention to yourself you want to be modest and it does definitely translate into even as you grow and then this is your art, but then I have to remind myself like, this is my art, but this is also like what I do for a living. So like if people don't, if I don't tell people, they won't know. So that's the equivalent of me working or wanting to go for an interview and I'm just sitting there and I'm quiet, (laughs) but I'm hoping they're going to give me the job
1: exactly
0: <laughs> like just sitting there smiling they're like you have anything to say you just shake your head like no
1: know, it's so <laughs> even like in class i like hate raising my hand i like i don't know it's just like you got to just kind of top it in yourself and not be afraid and that's definitely takes learning yes
0: <laughs> yes it does so you went to school specifically to help you hone your voice and narrative film as a director mm-hmm. what what do you think, or is there a difference from you directing, per se? Let's say documentary, even though you're not necessarily documentary directing, because mm-hmm. it is like real time. But do you think that there is a significant difference, and if it is, what is like one thing you learned or learn about yourself as a uh, director? There definitely is a
1: difference. I think. And, and for me, if, and if you can do documentary, you can do anything in film because learning documentary first was such a great crash course because if you have to like anticipate things, you have to like, um, it's kind of doing everything opposite. Whereas with narrative film, you kind of write everything out, you plan everything, you rehearse, you prepare documentary is a complete opposite you got to think on your feet you got to find the story you have to anticipate you know moments and just kind of throw yourself in and kind of rewrite everything after the facts in the editing process with documentary like a lot of there are there are similarities too because it's still the job of the director to make sure the subject is comfortable and to connect with them and to bring out the most like authentic response from your subject, same thing as what you, what you do with actors and narrative, but different skill sets, you know, documentary is just so on the fly and nothing is like planned, even though when you try and plan it, and you kind of just got to learn how to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with directing, it's like much more calculated. But yeah, I always say if you can do anything in documentary, if you can edit doc, if you can shoot doc, if you can direct doc, you can do it in narrative, probably way, way better.
0: <laughs> I agree i agree like that's basically where i have started and i think i'm gonna like coast in documentary for a little while (laughs) just because i love telling like stories now that are happening because i like how you felt that compelled when everything was going on like i have to get out and tell those stories that's how i feel and i just think that um social media sometimes does a really bad job of telling stories that's going Mm -hmm. on in the world like we always just see negative Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of important for me to counter it so
1: yeah, Yeah. I knew I had to do something like I was I think it was high school it was high school and I got uh, some global youth leader conference saying I got accepted and went for like two weeks traveling with all these international students and this one I'll never forget this one uh, my friend this one Turkish kid was like you know before I met you I didn't know black people could be beautiful. Wow. He, was, he was like, I've never seen a black person that looks like you in my country. They don't. It was like and he made, and he was so like he meant it as a compliment. It was coming from such like a, you know, good po- intention place. Mm-hmm. But like I was just like shocked, and I was like, oh. And he's like, you, and, and when I was living in France, he's like, I didn't know like, like you don't talk like the. Black people I see on TV, like, you talk really, like, really good. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, like, coming off of experiences like those, I felt like it's your responsibility to just show dynamic, like, Black people and, like, get it out there in the world. Because people just aren't getting images, positive images of Black people.
0: That's um, just so, any- yeah, that's just so <laughs> crazy. Because, I mean, you, I mean, I think about it, but when you said it like that, it just made me feel sad because it's like... Yeah, if all they see is like reality TV, let's say that's all they watch, mm-hmm. that's how they think that we are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's sad.
1: <laughs> their only, only interaction with people of color is on their phone.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's definitely interesting just to go back because I didn't get to ask because I didn't want to forget about asking about your family and then your directing. I do want to ask this though. Uh, As far as your directing, do you think that you have found your voice as a director or do you think it's still evolving?
1: I think it's definitely still evolving and it will always continue to evolve. I hope so. That's like you know, with any art. I hope I continue to just like, you know, as I grow as a person, my art grows. Uh I would say yes absolutely i feel like i've in the last couple years have definitely found my voice i find like i'm just understanding myself as a filmmaker and noticing just like just even the way i write dialogue or like how my characters are um i realize my voice is very much a voice of the voiceless like a lot of my work is all like usually um, about people from underrepresented groups, um, people who feel like they don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. I find that my writing is very dramedy, like you know drama, but then with the co- like comedic elements, which is just, just like my life. And I think that's just coming from the way I grew up. Um, not everything being taken super seriously, or just always having to laugh things off to deal with the drama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just in terms of just, like, how I write and the characters and the worlds I create. Um, A lot of, you know, fits out of water, like, a person of color in a white space. Because that's just how I, you know, I realize these are, this is my voice because this is what I've lived. And just kind of honing in on that. And I think, yeah, also getting, like, a style. Like, people tell me I have a style, like, the way I shoot or how my movies are. It's just, it's nice to, like, it's cool to see that, like, people are like, oh, like, yeah, this is your style. Like, you know, like, it's when you look at your work and, and can just look at the similarities and like oh yeah I do have something to say like so yeah I would I would think I've found my voice and it's gonna keep evolving I hope. It
0: will and what do you think your style is as a director like today right now?
1: I think coming from a documentary background Mm -hmm. my style airs a little bit on the documentary side Mm -hmm. in terms of just The way I approach, like, the camera work and the way I approach directing with my actors, it's, like, very organic. Um, I don't like to rehearse too, too much. Um, I like... Kind of just putting my actors in the situation and us finding things together. I love improvising, like I love just going on the street and trying to do something on the fly. So I think like my style maybe it's kind of unconventional in that sense, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just because of the yeah, documentary. But I, mean, I think it's a little quirky. It's a little weird because
0: <laughs> I'm a little weird. Um, I originally found you because of the narrative film that you did, Hats.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So for people who don't know what that's about, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So Hats takes place in the 90s and it's about a six-year-old kid named Keto from South Central Los Angeles who is an aspiring baseball player and he transfers out to a predominantly white school out in the valley to get a better chance of being drafted for baseball. And basically, it's his story of how he kind of has to choose between his life on the streets and pursuing um, gang life with his best friend, or if he's going to pursue his dreams and try and move forward with his career as a baseball player.
0: Okay, so tell us what role you played and had. Sure, yes. Yeah, so
1: I directed Hats. Hats was written by my friend Chris Watkins. He, it was a semi-autobiographical story. He uh, came up in South Central and was a baseball player who uh, played for school in the Valley. And um, I really connected with it because um, even though I didn't play baseball, I played tennis coming up. And um, sports was a really powerful thing in my life um, to keep me kind of off the streets and the area where I grew up in the Bronx and also I went to school out in Greenwich, Connecticut for a long time and so I would kind of have to go back and forth between you know the Bronx and Greenwich which is extremely one of the wealthiest towns in New England Um, and so where I felt you know very like a fish out of water predominantly white school kind of out of place so I really resonated with the story and so yeah so I directed it And Chris and I worked on the script together, which was a really great experience and it was very collaborative. Had people come through Sherry, Sherry from The View, Uh, Sherry Shepard starred in it, along with Dante Brown, who's in Lethal Weapon and in the upcoming um, Film Ma with Octavia Spencer, which is great. So, yeah, we had really great actors. Um, my boyfriend, don Freiberger, did the music and also creative produced and helped a lot with the story. And so it was just like a whole, it's, whenever I do a film, it's like a whole village. Like, it's, I'm very, very collaborative and um, I never, you know, can never do it, never like to take credit on my own because it is a, it is a whole team effort. So um, yeah. Zoe, I think maybe Zoe's the one who, who you know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So Zoe was, was my producer on it um and she she was actually the one who who found the story um yeah she found the script first and brought it to me um and so i thank her for that
0: Uh, we had like on season one we interviewed her
1: yeah she's awesome and love her so i think it's very important like us women of color in film just kind of supporting each other, working together and also putting each other on. Yeah. Um, I think that's been like the biggest, one of the biggest things I've taken away because, um, there's very few of us, (laughs) we gotta
0: stick together. Yes, we do. Um, so as far as your, because you were the director on the project, What is your creative process as you are getting ready to go to film? Like, do you have anything that you specifically or routinely do? um, Or was there something different that you did for hat?
1: Creative process, I would say, well, first, I like to, once once I have the locations and everything locked, um, I like to, you know, like, shot list, uh, spend time with my actors as much as possible even if it's just not rehearsing it's just getting to know them um seeing the different things i can channel during um production to help get whatever performances we need i try and put myself in the mind of of the subjects as much as possible and yeah i think just like bouncing ideas off of people like as much as possible um beforehand because i like to be I like to be as prepared as possible, but keeping my mind open, but, um, but yeah, the pretty, like, like Zoe played a, a huge part and, um, I mentioned my boyfriend, Idon Freiberg is like my closest collaborator, like bouncing things off, just making sure, oh, like spending time in South Central, like we just, cause I'm not from there, uh-huh. um, just, just honestly spending time there, walking around, like it was a, 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 like a community effort. Like I, you know, a lot of people who ended up being in the film were just people who I just, like, we just met on the street and, like, we're just so excited about um, having a story from, the, about their neighborhood and being a part of it. So, um, just, like, walking around, like, you know, listening to dialects, um, getting, like, different people's input on on the film um, was super important. Uh, yeah, any time I'm doing a, a story about a specific place and if I'm not from there, I feel like it's my duty to, like, do the research and really put myself, like, in the place, like, physically, just in the spaces um, when prepping.
0: I agree. I think that's really important, too, uh, especially if you're not from the area. So you're not, you know, ignorant to what is around you. Exactly.
1: Also, I didn't know much about baseball, so I really relied on, on like, <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend and, I, on, and Chris, the writer, to so just, like, help me through the, just the, you know, technical baseball stuff. Right. I thought I'm a tennis player, but because of baseball, I was not knowledgeable, so I just had to do my diligence, so yeah, just preparing, um, yeah, definitely a responsibility of the director to know the world, you just gotta know the world as much as possible, yeah. um, and my mentor on the project was Robert Townsend, um, and he really was hard on me <laughs> to know the world, he always says that, know the
0: world, so. That's a good one-liner, I'm all about one-liners, know yeah. I like um, that, I'm gonna have to put that, <laughs> i'm gonna put that in my uh, journal that's a good one-liner yeah (laughs) and that's so um interesting because i was going to ask you that um as far as mentors for people who like let's say somebody who goes back and listens and they're like wait i would love to have you as a mentor like what suggestions do you have on people who are in the industry or not necessarily in who are interested in being filmmakers how should they go about finding a a mentor
1: um god it's hard because if you're in the industry you're busy as hell Mm -hmm. (laughs) and unless you have made it you probably not going to have time to be nobody's real real mentor you know Mm -hmm. um i think for me going to grad school just automatically you know was was my access to all the mentorship I could have asked for. Um, Robert was my professor at school. I had amazing, amazing professors at school who have become mentors to me now um, after school. And uh, I honestly don't know how I would have gotten them unless <laughs> unless I went to school. <laughs> yes, but um, well, yeah, and I've I've made some mentors. Um, like after going to like some talks and stuff from different um, directors, female directors who I've admired, and just literally just asking for their email and keeping in touch and getting coffee here and there. But um, it's it's definitely I don't I don't know how one finds a mentor nowadays because everyone's like super busy and I think mm-hmm. that's why I think it's like us as female um, like women of color in the industry. It's really like our job to like if you see someone in need kind of reach out like uh-huh. I'm always there for like my friends my filmmaker friends when they come to me like asking for like help on a script or to help edit like feedback on an edit or this and that and a third um just trying to make time for people but it, it's hard you just kind of you kind of have to reach out and not stalk but follow up with people <laughs> Who you want to learn from and just bear in mind that people are really busy you might just have to like email a few times before you get a get a response but um um yeah I find that there are people out there who are willing to help where once they see the passion right um people respond to that and yeah
0: right so is there anyone that you would love to collaborate with in the future or even right now
1: oh yes (laughs) (laughs) oh oh gosh it's a very long list I don't know how to narrow that down
0: Um, I guess give us your top two women that you would love to collaborate with.
1: And like filmmakers or actors or
0: you can do filmmakers or actor. Wow. Okay. Let me think about
1: this answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I would, I would just love to, to, um, collaborate with Rachel Morrison or Kiratelli. Um, that would be good Kira I just love her work and you know I've reached out to her a few times for several projects and it never works out like timing wise because she's so booked but she always replies within like an hour or two like she's been so responsive which I really appreciate but um she's someone who I really hope to collaborate as with um, in the future and Rachel Morrison is like one of my favorite DPs so I would really love to collaborate with them. Um, The DP direct relationship is like the most special and most important relationship on any film and um, finding DPs who you can, who just know you Uh like really actually led to the story and who knows story are really important. So I feel like they, um, they are that. So I would love to work with them. Um, i can't like in terms of actors there's so many I, like there's so many actors <laughs> to collaborate I, can't, I don't even know
0: where to begin um yeah, that's but. cool <laughs> no the two games those are really good those are really good so just any uh feedback before we uh wrap it up for people who are like let's say not necessarily just starting out but have been working on films putting some type of work out there, what do you have or what advice or encouragement do you have for those women who are between the place of like where they are right now and where they want to be? Because I know that sometimes like social media or even just being hard on yourself can discourage you. Do you have any like words of encouragement for them?
1: I would say continue to challenge yourself. Um, and, like, run towards your fears because usually there's a good result. (laughs) Um, I would say be open to critique and criticism and know that you're going to fail, like, uh, a lot of times. (laughs) Or, like, there are going to be people who just don't fuck with your work. Um, But to not get discouraged, remain open and learn how to, like, really listen and receive criticism constructively just continue making stuff because we're in an age where anyone can make anything if you have a smartphone mm-hmm. um so con- like just continuing to create teach yourself as much as possible learn every aspect of filmmaking even if you just want to be a director like learn sound learn like how to color grade learn like i would say just digest as much as you can because the more you learn about the process of filmmaking as a whole makes you a stronger, whatever you're trying to be.
0: I think that's really good advice. (laughs) It is. So what are you watching right now? And what are you reading right now?
1: Ooh. Okay. So I am watching Insecure, of course. Um, And who is America? Because Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius um and i just watched the finale episode last night and my mind is still racing um but yeah so that's what i've watching most recently and uh who am i reading i'm reading nw by zadie smith Um zadie smith is just like amazing one of my favorite writers so
0: reading that um yeah so i'm gonna have the get that i'm such a book junkie yeah. and i'm so behind on insecure <laughs> i hope to binge watch i mean even though it's only this is the third episode right yeah yeah yeah. You, yeah. You, you i you still know. feel behind i was like i couldn't even talk about it the other day right so <laughs> and i still have to watch the last episode of love is i haven't watched the, the season finale finale i'm don't don't
1: don't be hard on yourself it's hard it's hard finding it
0: is I'm just like and then I was gone to a conference so it was like I literally had no time to do anything I was like trying to sneak between the sessions and like check my email and respond to people and make sure I had stuff together I was like oh gosh yeah Yeah. so
1: to watch stuff is really important I'm trying to get better at it but like yeah, we have to do it. Oh yeah. Mozart in the Jungle. Mozart in the Jungle is another one I started watching on the plane and I liked that's another show.
0: Know, I'm gonna have to uh Google that. What is that on? Is it on Netflix or is it on a station?
1: It's it's on a station, I think, because I watched it on the plane.
0: Okay.
1: And it was T V channel stuff. So yeah, I'm not sure. But Mozart in the Jungle, it's with Gael Garcia Banal and um, Jemima Kirk. Okay. Um, it's just I really like it. <laughs> Maybe it's because yeah. I'm from kind of like that world, New York music scene. But it's really good.
0: I'm gonna have to definitely check into that. So, what is next for you? What is next for me?
1: Um, I guess technically I can't really say because i saw some NDAs. But oh. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> I'm. No
1: working, problem. I don't know when this is gonna come out, but um, I'm working on a project for Spotify right now. Um, yeah, I'm super super excited about and wish I could say more but that's all I can really say um, and also finishing up um, a feature documentary okay. that I shot in Atlanta um, so we're finishing up production on that and just wrapping post production on a, um, two short films um, that will hopefully be in the festival circuit uh,
0: within the next year that sounds good you have to keep us posted so then I can like let everyone know so they can support oh, your projects.
1: Um yeah, go on my website. Yes, <laughs> <updates. laughs>
0: yeah, so we can get the updates. <laughs> uh, and then one more thing. What are what is your what do you want to do future wise? Like where do you see yourself as a filmmaker?
1: Black Panther Four girl.
0: I know you better put <laughs> it out there.
1: Black Panther 4, please, Lord, or 3, whatever I can get in the next few years. <laughs> um, and then I would love to, um, I'd love to direct a TV series. Okay. I'm writing, I'm doing a lot of writing. I'm writing three features and um, a series. I wrote, I did a short film, you can see it on my site called Good Girl. Um, and I would like to make that into a series. So thinking about um, television,
0: yeah. That sounds good. Well, we definitely will be cheering you on. <laughs> and when you are able to direct Black Panther, we're going to swing right back around and interview you again. <laughs> it. Yes, you have to put it out there. So let everyone know how they can keep up with you, social media, your website. Yeah, so
1: um, everyone, you can follow me on my Instagram. It's Sade C. Joseph. That's S-A-D-E, C as in cat, Joseph. And uh, that is the same for my website, SadeCJoseph.com. You can, yeah, check it out. Send me an email. Let me know what's up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so everyone, you know that you can find us on Instagram at The Creative Outsiders with an S. And also on our website, it's the same thing. Make sure that you subscribe. Uh, You also leave comments. If you have questions for any of our guests or today's guests, just shoot us an email and we'll respond back to you. And I just want to thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to inspire women to go out there and tell the stories that's in their heart.
1: Aww, thank you so much, Siobhan. I'm sorry this took, it took so long.
0: and I'm so happy we finally got to link up. No, it's okay. I know <laughs> stuff happens. <laughs> and thank you so much. I, like, it was really good information. And you definitely encourage everyone who listens Aww. now or going back to listen.
1: <laughs> thank you. You're
0: welcome.